Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you. Or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 83120. to the beginning with this one to start what happens when pedro comes to you with yet another project do you have to think about it at all or is it an immediate yep amen um no i didn't have to think too much um it was almost an immediate uh, yes but you know something the beginning of this movie is somehow related to the end of the one that we did before which was uh, the skin i live in and we had a story going with the movie because before the movie, you know, for 22 years, we didn't work together. And uh, we did five movies in the 80s and then these 22 years. I mean, our relationship, friend relationship continued, but uh, we didn't work. And then I went there with all the experience that I had uh, obtained in Hollywood. And uh, <laughs> I suppose that I was a little bit cocky, maybe, and, uh, you know, I feel more secure in front of the camera. I have learned this. I have done this. And um, he said, fine. Uh, so we start working in rehearsals. And Pedro loves to rehearse movies. And we went for a week rehearsing. And one day he talked to me. And he says, you know, 
those things that you learn in America must be very useful for your American directors, but they are not useful for me. <laughs> and then he said, uh, he made a, a question that actually made me think uh, a lot. And it was, um, he said to me, where are you? Where are you? And I, instead of just, uh, you know, listening to what he has to say, I confronted him. I said, what the heck, you know? I mean, and so, you know, I mean, he's my friend. The, the, you know, we never fought or anything like that. But it was certain tension during the shooting of uh, The Skin I Live In. And then when the movie opened, I think it was in the Toronto Film Festival, I saw it and I was very impressed by the capacity that he had to just bring out of me a character that I didn't even suspect I had inside. So that was a big lesson. I came out of that movie saying, you know, am I going to have another opportunity to work with him in this new segment of our life, you know? And he came with Pain and Glory. So when I, uh, you know, went to do this movie, I went in a completely disp different disposition, in a completely different way, um, you know, with another attitude. I just, uh, if I ever had a medal, I took it out of my chest. And I went there as a soldier. I wanted to listen and to open my ears and my eyes and try to understand why he called me to do this movie, why he wanted me to play him in a way of his alter ego, in a way. And, um, and, and so everything was different uh, from the moment on because he saw that I was, you know, more humble <laughs> and more open to, to just work from the beginning, from the scratch. What's the collaboration like with him when, in a sense, you are playing him? And, I mean, what, what happens when you, when you disagree with him on something on set and you think I should be doing it this way, but he says to you, like, no, but look at how I handle it? It was different this, this time. Um, we connected very, very early in the process of rehearsal. Uh, as I said before, Pedro loved to rehearse for a long period of time, sometimes it's like a month. It's almost like theater. And Pedro is a very demanding, very meticulous, tough director. He got a very clear idea of how, what he wants, not only from the actors, from every different department. But in this particular case, there was a, an emotional component, uh, I may say, that was reciprocal. Uh, he plays in both sides. Um, that was very important. We didn't count on that. It, and it didn't show, actually, when we were rehearsing. It showed at the time that we started principal photography. For whatever reason, uh, I could see the effect that whatever I was doing in front of the camera produced in him. And, uh, and that bounced back to me. And we created this kind of emotional ping-pong going back and forth. I understood through that, you know, you know, the depth and the complexity of uh, this movie for Pedro and how much it meant for him. Um, to look back and to put pieces of a puzzle of his life, you know, things that never were said, things that never, was, they, they, they never were done, you know, for him was very important. He used cinema for his own life. Is the movie, this is a very recurring question, you know, um, it has to do with his life, you know, biographically, in a precise way, no. There are events that they show in the movie that, yes, that happened, and I was witness of those. But some of those things never happened. And the question is that, you know, 
are we only the things that we said and we did, or are we the things that we wanted to say and we never said, and the things that we wanted to do and we never did? Are we our dreams, too? Um, the movie is about that. In a way, it's more Almodovar than Almodovar, because it's just fulfilled, you know, with things that, um, you know, they come out of, of his chest. There is a moment in the life of everyone, and especially when you go to a certain age, and I think Almodovar is in that age, and I am getting in there, too. There is only a space for the truth. And, uh, and I think it, this movie comes from that, from that moment in which he, he, he has to come to terms with his family, in the case of his mother, you know, uh, with his uh, lovers, with uh, actors, uh, with cinema, and with life itself. And it was very important for him. Were you able to relate to him personally at all? Maybe not with the same specific circumstances, but have you ever found yourself in, I don't know, like an artistic rut that you had to get yourself out of? Yeah, and, and actually also, you know, we actors, we just, uh, we use the things that happen to us, probably more than any other artist. I don't play the trumpet or the piano. I don't have a... a a canvas in which I can express myself, or I don't write book. It's me, you know, whether if I go on the stage when I do theater or in front of a camera, but these are... It's, it's, so you play with the things that actually happen to you in order to create a character. And there were things that happened to me in the last three years that in a way helped me to approach this character. And I think Almodovar, Pedro detected that very early in the process, and he asked me personally to actually don't hide those things. I'm talking, you know, I've, I've been talking probably too much about this, but, but it's true. I had a heart attack three years ago, and there were a number of things that happened to me uh, in, psychologically and in my personality. There were certain changes. Another, I established a completely different order of priorities in my life, and, and I, it affected me you know, in many different ways. And Pedro saw that, and he asked me to please use that, you know, and don't try to hide it. So, yes, there are a number of things that uh, we both related to isolation and pain and vulnerability and, um, yeah, and feel a little bit detached from life um, and threatened. Everything that you poured into this is definitely showing on screen because it's an incredible achievement what you guys accomplished here. Thank yes, you. please. Thank you. What would you recommend to another actor out there who's maybe about to work with Pedro for the very first time to kind of maximize the experience and get the most out of working with him? Oh, what I, I will say to an actor that is going to work with him for the first time is just to don't try to... Uh, convince him of, of anything. <laughs> Don't go there trying to create a structure and work very hard. Just abandon yourself. Really. Just serve. <laughs> Pedro is, is, is a man who has a very strong gravity. And you may be, you know, you may get caught in his orbit <laughs> very, very easily. Just go with it. Go with it. If, if you try just to continuously bring things on the set, he's going to get a little bit uh, overwhelmed by that. Uh, you know, you have to trust. 
what I'm trying to say is that at the end. You know, you have to trust him. It's about confidence. And you are in good hands. I feel like anybody who signs up for one of his films has to go in with that awareness at this point. Can you tell us a little bit about the physicality of the role, which is a very big deal in terms of what he's going through? Is his condition something that you have to constantly keep in your mind to make sure the posture is important the whole, the whole way through? Yeah, but in a very subtle way. We, I, we didn't want to do a big deal out of that and distract the audiences with uh, too much of... Uh, of everything. It was funny. Actually, uh, one day he said to me, you know, Antonio, and he showed me the way, because he still uh, got some problems in his back. He showed me the way that he got into a car and outside of a car many times. You know, every time that he got a car (laughs) around, he showed me that. But he always said, you know, I want you to you know, the pain that I have in my back is enormous, and I have had this for many years, uh, but I don't want you to show it. Just just be careful with that, okay? So he, he got to be very subtle. And he, yes, he uses drugs, and you have to be very high at certain points in the movie. But I don't want you to, to show it in. And, uh, and then he said, and you have to be me, but I don't want you to show it. And I said, what? A, you know, you have to get into, um, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know, I, I felt like uh, the character feels at the beginning of the movie floating in the water. And um, no. He wanted to have a subtle performance. He knew from the beginning, in terms of narrative, he was going to put the camera very close to me. Um, practically 80% of the movie is done in, in, in close-ups. I think the character is created more in his silences and in the way that he listens than when he verbalizes it. You know, uh, his stories. So you have to be very careful with that. And at the same time, he said to me, we have to try to don't manipulate audiences. I don't want you to drive them too much. I would like for you to have always some space for them to be occupied in the character. Um, not everything has to be cooked. Uh, the audience has to finish the character with you because if we don't leave a space for them to come and become you, we lose them. We just give them everything done and, um, and then it's, it's, it's not that. You have to be almost like a witness of yourself. So that is a little bit more complex. And how we build that kind of feeling, you know, it's almost like having those motorcycles with a sidecar, you know, in which you invite the people to go and travel with you. was done literally piece by piece, little by little, like you are just embroidering something. Um, it's the most um, subtle work that I have ever done in, in my life. And sometimes we were just joking sometimes about... Uh, the fact that it seems that we were doing a performance of the, the quantum mechanics of acting. <laughs> very little, uh, very min- minimalist. You being such an active listener in so many of the scenes is hands down one of the most striking components of the film to me. What do you find more difficult, being a listener in a scene or having a whole ton of dialogue to express? It depends, uh, you know, because sometimes you may be surprised by just listening and trying to hold feelings and, and stuff like that. It, it, it depends. I, I wouldn't say it, it depends how the character is, you know. It, it, it was something about this character that even with my recent story, as I told you before, uh, it was difficult for me just to hold the horses, you know, just trying to, um, 
you have to express with minimum expressions, you know, things that are uh, complex. Um, that, that was uh, um, complicated. In a way, it was almost like metaphorically trying to kill Antonio Banderas. Or the Antonio Banderas that, you know, has been on the screen and, you know, performing heroes and action and all of that stuff with a lot of movement and a lot of choreography. So it was trying to find another you that can be useful for a story like this. And that's basically, you know, in, in, in which I employ basically all the time with Pedro at the beginning of the rehearsal and during the time that we were shooting, just trying to find another um, personality that can be useful for, for the character. With that in mind, what scene required the most workshopping on set? What was the most difficult one for you guys to cut and say, we finally got it? There were two scenes that a priori seems difficult, you know, the scene with my ex-lover. But that scene came out to be very interesting how it was shot because we shot the scene in a master one day. It was very late at the end of the day almost. So Pedro has to, uh, you know, wrap up and send everybody home. And um, so it was a master boat. You know, the scene played pretty much as we did it on the rehearsal times. And then the next morning, he was going to put the camera in both of the actors, in Leos Baraglia and, and me. And, and Leo, he asked me, actually, if the camera can go first to me because he got a lot of text to say. And he was a little bit insecure about that. And he asked me if, if he could rehearse off camera uh, before, you know, just playing with me. And I said, yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem. For whatever reason that I still today is a mystery to me, when he was telling me his story, the story of, you know, now he's married and he got kids and uh, he got a restaurant and he's living outside, he's living in South America now. And uh, it got me emotionally in a way that I didn't expect because during rehearsals we never went to that space. And I thought that Pedro was going to actually cut the scene or cut the shooting. I was expecting for him to say, cut, cut, cut. But he didn't. So when we finished and finally he said cut at the end of the scene, I said, I'm sorry, Pedro, I, I don't know what happened to me. Let's do a second take. And he said, no. He said, no, we got it. Turn around. So that was done in one take. And I was kind of afraid of that, that sequence because, you know, there were some emotional components there. And every time that you touch those spaces, I, and in, in this particular movie, I wanted to be very careful for indications that came, came from Almodovar himself of holding the horses. Even he put a line later that was not in the original script saying, you know, actors shouldn't cry. <laughs> they, they should just hold, uh, you know, the tears. I, I think it's more emotional. He said something like that, and he put it in, in my character, actually. Um, and then there was another time that I got a scene with my mother in a balcony, uh, and Pedro loves to come to the, to the uh, set and read with the actors basically just to give the latest indications, things that may have happened during rehearsal time, little details here and there. And so he came, and he read the character of my mother first, gave Julieta Serrano, the actress, all the indications and directions, and then he was going to read my part, and he couldn't. He, it was a line that he had to say, you know, mother, I'm sorry that I am not the 
the son that you expected me to be. And he couldn't read that. And then I knew, you know, the importance that this movie had for him and how much this movie was kind of a therapy in a way for Pedro to just say things that he never said to a mother, that, a mother that he worshipped. In fact, he did a movie called All About My Mother. <laughs> so, but the thing never was said. And he got this thing out of his chest. As we were advancing in the process of making the movie, I could see that uh, a man that was taking weight out of his shoulders as we were just uh, going ahead. And, uh, and I think we, had a, we have now a, a happiest, the happiest Pedro that I have ever known in 40 years of relationship. So cinema can be very therapeutic. It's very interesting that we have a character that is isolated, that is in pain for almost two decades. Um, he didn't go out of his house. He lived actually uh, through cinema. The only time that he got out was just to make movies. And the solution that he finds for that is art and cinema. And that is actually the medicine that he uses for himself. And that's beautiful. Before we let you go tonight, I have to sing your praises again because an Academy Award nomination, and I said it to you in the green room before, it's a long time coming, and especially with a project so personal to you guys, I imagine it means the world. So I've got two Oscar questions for you. What was it like when you found out you scored the nomination? And then, Oscar night, if you got the opportunity to meet any other Oscar nominee for the very first time, who would you choose? I'm, I, I, I'm friends with some of them already because I work with some of them. Uh, I work with Jonathan Price in Evita, and I, I love the guy, and I, and I thought that he got a beautiful performance. Um, where I was in Malaga when I received the news because I was doing theater. I bought a theater three years ago, and I just found a perfect way to ruin myself. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, but I was doing theater, and but I was having lunch. Um, it was like two thirty in the afternoon in Spain, and um, and I was in a restaurant, and my telephone became nut. So, oh my God, what is going on? And, and, and so I knew that I was very happy. Uh, I was very happy for many different reasons, for many other things that I just explained to you because of the circumstances. Uh, you know, it's 40 years working together, uh, eight movies that we have done. Uh, we presented a little movie, Simple, and, uh, and I got nominated for speaking my own language. Uh, and I love that, really. So, yeah. Antonio, another huge congratulations. And thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Another reminder, guys, please stay seated. But let's give him another round of applause right now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Stay little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game. 
so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.